We ate a lot of eggs. Macaroni and cheese. Yeah, we were the quintessential uh, poor college students. And no, you know, dining dollars and no campus food situation, so we ate cheap food. Yeah, the athletes Ramen noodles. The athletes were the only ones who ate on campus back then. (laughs) It's true. The subject is UAB. This is UAB Memories, where we get nostalgic and share the memories people have made over the years at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. I'm Will Shingleton, producer and host of the Memories Podcast. And in today's memories, we hear from two ladies who have memories from their days as UAB students all the way up to now as they become teachers at UAB. And the university has been a part of their lives at almost every stage in between. And I would know, because one of these ladies is my mom. I'm Lori St. Clair Rhodes, and um, I graduated from UAB in December of 88. And I'm currently working as a visiting instructor in the School of Education, and I'm a student, a doctoral student. And the other one is my aunt. Uh, Tammy St. Clair Pacta. I work in the math department as an instructor. I graduated from UAB in the spring of 1987. Yes, if you weren't aware of this already, my family is full of UAB connections. And most of it starts with these two. The St. Clair sisters grew up in Huntsville, and Tammy, who's a year older than my mom, first heard about UAB when they came to her high school. You have to remember it was 1983 or probably even 82, and there weren't, there's no internet, there's no searching for colleges on a computer somewhere. So I had not actually ever heard of UAB, um, but they came to one of our college days. So they had a booth um, at one of the tables that was set up in the gym. And when we went around, I got the information and um, applied and was admitted. And then I applied for a scholarship and got that. And that next thing you know, I was in Birmingham. And then a year later, with more than a little encouragement from Big Sister, my mom came to UAB too. She kind of held my hand through all of the, no, you really have to apply now. No, you need to apply for this scholarship today. The deadline is this day. Come down this weekend and we'll go over there and turn your stuff in. And I do not even remember yeah, that. Yeah, you did. Um, and so she helped me through all that. And she was having a really good experience. And um, we decided to room together in our first year. And um, I, so I applied to all those things and I really got you know, got the scholarship, the honors scholarship for tuition and fees and got into the honors program. Also, great decision. And um, and so came down, came down here with her. But she, I, I, I think, kind of did a little strong arm in there. But I, but it was very much appreciated because I might still be floundering had she not. And when they got on campus in the early 80s, they found a very different UAB than the one we have now. It was kind of the Wild West. But as Tammy pointed out, that wasn't always a bad thing. So I could have gone, I had actually a scholarship to Alabama. And um, it probably wasn't as nice of a scholarship. And I don't remember all that. But um, I could have gone there. But I kind of wanted something that was a little bit different than what everybody else in my high school was doing. And so this sounded kind of new and exciting, I guess. And I came, and it was a good choice in that 
because it was a smaller kind of situation at the time, there were just so many opportunities to be involved in things that I probably wouldn't have gotten to do at a more traditional campus like Alabama. So like ambassadors or uh, starting a sorority, those kinds of things. I mean, those were awesome experiences, but I wouldn't have been doing that in Tuscaloosa. Socially, athletically, and academically, UAB was very much in a developmental phase when my mom and aunt were there. And these two have fond memories of all three. But we'll start with the social stuff. My mom and my aunt are not the kind of people that like to sit on the sidelines. They did all kinds of stuff while they were here. Tammy talked about all the opportunities they had at such a new campus and mentioned starting a sorority, which, within the first year of being at UAB, they actually did. They were two of the founding members of the UAB Alpha Omicron Pi chapter, and both served as sorority president at one point or another while they were here. And as was typical of a lot of their early UAB stories, the whole thing was kind of improvised. Well, they put a flyer up somewhere, because remember, no internet. And so there's this flyer hanging up saying that there was an organizational meeting on some date to start a new sorority. And so we went. And that's and that, I think after that meeting, the people there decided we would close the, you know, no more just everybody coming. That it was an organized group. And so we started. It took us a year and a half, I think, from that meeting to being initiated members of a national, and it's actually a fraternity, but a national sorority. Like Tammy said, that first meeting eventually led to the development of UAB's AOPI chapter. But at the beginning... It was 100% their thing. It was called Zeta Pi. Yeah. was the name of it. And we just made it up and we decided our color was, this was when we were just sat around a table with some people who are, of course, still friends of ours. Um, so we <laughs> sat around um, this table and we decided, you know, yeah, let's do this. We we think we can do it. And um, so what are we going to call ourselves? And we like the sound of Zeta Pi, just made it up. Then um, we'll be pink. We all look good in pink, you know. I mean, this were, these were the way we were making decisions. Um, we definitely need a T-shirt like this weekend. Um, like that was the immediate, you know, if we have a T-shirt, we're real. And um, so we started. And then from there, we, uh, you know, we did that for a few months and, I mean, that was the... You were, there were probably less than 100 people on campus that right. were Greek when we started the sorority. Yes. So, but... Um, uh, girls. There were more fraternities. Oh, yeah. Lots more fraternities. But, um, so, I mean, and speaking of those fraternities, as soon as we got a t-shirt, we had socials because, you know, they were... Like, there were yeah. a lot of them, and there was one sorority. So, um, but we spent a few months just kind of enjoying that scene, and then we decided we wanted to be a little more serious, and we started... I mean, we really decided on AOPI. Yeah, there were a couple of other groups we considered, you know, asking to be the national group, but um, they also have to get alumni support. And so not everybody was willing to have a new chapter in the area. And AOPI was very, um, they were excited. We Mm -hmm. were excited. And so um, we started the process of just. um, So now it's the Zeta Pi chapter of Alpha Omicron Pi. Amidst all of that sorority starting, the St. Clair sisters were also big fans of UAB's lone major sport at the time. We were big basketball fans. 
early on. Yeah, in basketball we went fans. to you know all of the games. At the Civic Center. Yes, at the Civic Center, and so we were here for Gene Bartow and here for Murray Bartow as a player. And um, let's see who else. I mean, there were lots of great. Yeah, we got when uh, I got here. Steve, it was Mitchell, Steve Mitchell, yeah, and Jerome Mitzi. Yeah, yeah, but it was lots of fun to cheer for them back then. You know, just going to the games was a big deal and. Uh, we had the mascot was not a dragon. It's a rooster. It, oh, yes. So, Beauregard. Dears. Beauregard, yes, was there at the games. And I can't remember that chant, but it was ridiculous. The the rooster chant. Oh, I can't remember that it's like either. like a something, something, something. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It was awful. Yeah. But we did it with yeah, Gusto. Yeah, we did it. Uh. And there was a band. You know, we had a little, you know, pep band kind of thing at the games. But that was, I mean, really, that was the only major sport going on at the time. There was no football even being considered. Um, I don't think most people at that moment in time could have imagined a day that UAB was going to have a football team. And of course, they did end up getting a football team. But for a while there, basketball was the main show. And there was a night in the early 90s where nearly the whole state was focused on UAB basketball. In 1993, UAB missed out on the NCAA tournament, but did get invited to the NIT. And of course, who did they get in the first round? The Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. I remember sitting in the hotel room I was with... um the administrators all the way up um, to Coach Bartow. I mean, everybody was in there when we found out that we were going to the NIT and that we were going to be playing Alabama. For some reason, it was seems like it was at a hotel. I can't remember. but um, And it was just, I mean, almost silent because it was like the implications of that. And then it was just hooting and hollering because it was like, how? Oh, my gosh. You know, we could... We can do this. You know, this is something so that it was just that was really exciting from the beginning that we're going to get to play, you know, Alabama. And so um, but I think they had a better record. So they got the home court advantage. So um, so there we were at the Coleman Coliseum. And I was with Tammy and Kyle because your daddy was down on the floor and uh, with the basketball team. And so they put us. I mean, just right. And we had tickets because through the athletic department. So I think we had the athletic department like employee tickets and we were just plunked right. I mean, completely surrounded by Alabama fans. There was like and there the the three of us were with our shake. You saw double shakers. I mean, (laughs) we were all in and we started from the beginning of the game. I think they thought they were going to silence us with their sheer number. And we were like, we yelled every dunk. We yelled every shot. And um, so those people that were um, over there looking disappointed, they were not very nice. You remember? No, they weren't. They were like, you little upstarts. Y'all just need to hush. And we're like, we're not hushing. We know we're yelling for our team, too. And UAB ended up pulling off the upset that night and actually made it all the way to the NIT Final Four that year. But when Mom and Tammy got up the next day, they had a surprise waiting for them. There was a picture of them and my Uncle Kyle on the front page of the sports section. It went to overtime, didn't it? I mean, it was... It was a, a very exciting It either game. went to overtime or it was right down to, to the, the final the, shot. And we were yelling and screaming the whole way. But then we the, opened up the newspaper the next day, and there the three of us were. The front page of the newspaper, big picture. But I think that picture was... I think maybe because we are absolutely elated in that picture, and you can also see the, like, misery around us. Yeah. They, 
<laughs> but and we were like screaming and yelling and um, it was it was shaking. very very fun. So these two had a lot going on. In addition to cheering for UAB's basketball team and starting a campus organization, the St. Clair sisters were also busy navigating their academic schedules. The UAB Honors Program was a big selling point in both of them coming to UAB. And especially at that time in the university's history, it really helped UAB feel like a close-knit college campus. People talk about when they say they went to UAB, and at that time it was very much a commuter campus. I mean, people didn't live on campus. People didn't. Um, they came here, they went to class, and they went home. And the honors program, the way it met, I mean, we met one whole quarter at the time we were on quarters. The entire fall quarter, we met just those classes. So if you were in the honors program, you didn't have other classes. You went to the honors program for every single class. And that was regardless of your major. So we were in there with, you know, people who were majoring in everything. They, you know, purposefully tried to make it a, a good mix. And um, so that was just, a, it felt like a small liberal arts school mm-hmm. right here in the middle of this big, you know, massive commuter science campus centered commuter campus, we had this very different experience of school. And through that very different experience, they both came in contact with one of their biggest professional influences. Mom and Tammy both went on to become educators. And during their time in the honors program, they took classes from Dr. Constance Camille. And as they both explained, she was kind of a big deal. All of our seminars and everything were just like in this big open room. It's just this church they've taken all the pews out of. So it was just this big old room. Um, so Dr. Camille was there, and uh, she was, you know, this small Japanese woman, very, you know, unimposing. Just, I mean, I don't know how to describe her, but Dale Mullins, who was also one of our um professors in the honors program stood up and he was talking about her and he was saying you know what a big dog she was that was he says you know every university is trying to snag the big dog you know when UAB snagged the big dog here you know this is the things that she's done she worked with Piaget you know she has this huge you know background and then um that was it I mean I right then and there decided I'm yes I I absolutely, that's what I think about how children learn. She may have been the big dog, but she was actually a very small person. That's part of what makes that funny. My mom and aunt are both pretty small, and they both made a point of how tiny Dr. Camille was. But despite her small stature, she had an incredible amount of influence on my mom and aunt. Mom's first job was in the school where Dr. Camille was doing her research. And when Dr. Camille left to go to another system... Mom did, too. But Dr. Camille was tough. When it came to feedback and grading, the big dog had some serious bite. She was probably one of the hardest people that I had for a, a professor here. She, she, I think people got negative grades in her class. So you started with zero points on her papers, and then if you addressed one of the issues she thought you were supposed to address, you got points. And if you said something that was wrong, she took points off. So, yeah, you could legitimately be in the hole for grades. And she was, I mean, like I said, she was this little, she, I mean, she couldn't be five feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, she 
didn't I mean, she definitely believed in brevity and speaking concisely no more than you need to say to get your point across and um but if you said something wrong in class or something you know she would just say no no and like stop talking now you know you're digging yourself a hole or what i mean she just would completely i mean just take you down and so anyway but it made you think very carefully about, about every you word said, you yes. said and every word you wrote like i had i've thought about things for her that I, in a way i didn't think about other things for yeah, other people spend more hours on a you know paper that did, wasn't even a page right for her than i have on entire research papers for you know in other classes Mom and Tammy both have three different degrees from UAB. My mom met my dad, and my aunt met my uncle at UAB. My dad worked here for over 20 years, and now I work for UAB. And my sister is a senior here. We are a UAB family. But none of that would have happened unless the St. Clair sisters had decided that they wanted to spend their college years in the Magic City. They took a risk on a school that they knew very little about, and it gave them everything they could have asked for and more and they did it together. Today's memories are from two very important ladies in my life who have both had their lives changed forever by their experiences at UAB. Mm-hmm.